and welcome back to the constitutionals podcast i'm your host chad white if you didn't know this is the premiere podcast for the website cpluscomedy.com like i just said it's a website go there apparently i forgot how to make this show work uh, episode 213 of uh, the constitutionals podcast show you forgot you're subscribed to <laughs> and uh, I'd started the recording on both the Zoom and on uh, OBS on the computer, and oh, Jesus, apparently I'm peaking. Uh, I think I might have messed with the microphone volume for work purposes. Anyway, and I've I've one forgot to arm the 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 input that has the iPad connected to it for Anchor to play the music, the theme song, and all that jazz. Uh, two. Uh, I forgot to open up all the links because now I do that. I open up all the links now because uh, this computer can barely handle running a recording and opening links at the same time in uh, Chrome. And uh, three, let's let's go for a third thing. Rule thirds. Um, volume too high. <laughs> volume was too low. Excuse me. Volume was too low on the uh, the music. So that's that's a whole thing. And I did just see it uh, clip so I just imagine it for okay well I'll turn that down here we are episode 213 uh, I got a little bit of time so let's hop right into this nothing special happened to me just Halloween uh, I forgot to do or not forgot I could not do an episode I did not do I could have done an episode of the Constitution of, of uh, news time last week uh, I did not do it I do have plans for the next two that I have to do over the next uh, week so I will do that when I can. Uh, Mondays are my busy day. And so there's not going to be any time except to record this podcast, apparently. But I've got a free uh, hour to do this before my meetings again. So let's hop right into it. What else? Did I watch anything? Oh, I tried to watch <laughs> Halloween Day, Sunday. You know, everybody's out having a good time. Uh, going, to the, going to the Atlanta Braves uh, a World Series game versus uh, Houston Astros. And... Um, I spent all day watching it and it chapter two, though it truly all day. That's a that's a five hour thing you have to do, um, and I don't have to do, it. and I and I chose to do it <laughs> alone. Nova and I, Nova sat directly next to me the entire time, <laughs> and every time something scary happened on the screen, she like look up like at the screen and go, all right, okay, well, uh, and that's what I did. I sat on the couch in one one spot. The entire time, and then I did then for it. So it the it chapter one is two hours and fourteen minutes, or something like that. Two hours and four minutes, whatever. It's long, and uh, and then I, I hadn't moved that entire time, so I said I I gotta I gotta move to the uh, to the uh, to to the to my uh, lounge chair. And I I moved to a lounge chair, didn't move for an hour, and that and then each it chapter two is um two forty nine, I believe, and I got up and. <laughs> Halfway through that, and I was like, I gotta go back to the couch. <laughs> it was just, it was the only move from two spots to, to another, to in between those two spots. Had lunch uh, in between the movies. Actually, not lunch. I popped popcorn in between the movies. Uh, and then I also woke up. So imagine going, imagine staying out to like 2 30 in the morning and then having a cat wake you up at six o'clock and then just not being able to go back to sleep. So that's what happened to me. Uh, Saturday night going into Sunday morning. And Sunday morning I woke up and I watched, I wanted to watch all of the Simpsons Treehouse of Horrors. So I started at one and I made it to, I, I watched like seven in a row, which I never do. I never watch 
one show. I never watch one show more than two episodes at a time. And uh, even though The Simpsons is my favorite show, I still don't do it for that. And I watched seven in a row and then started watching It and then watched It Chapter 2 and then watched like three more. And I think I got to like 15, 16. And, oh, man, it was, uh, yeah. And then I watched the baseball game and then that and and also uh, the Mavericks, and today is now Monday, <laughs> recording episode that was due on Friday. All right, so let's hop right into it. Oh God, look at that beautiful! Mm-hmm. She got a Venmo payment. <laughs> First story comes. Uh, it's about South Park. It comes from the Hollywood Reporter. I am peaking so much. Is it my voice? But if I turn myself down, I can't hear myself. This is why I need a mixer. Comes from the Hollywood Reporter. Matt Stone and Trey Parker clarified. They had to clarify comments made about uh, their 14 movie deal over the next seven years of Paramount Plus. So it is as I expected. If you the moment this was announced, they when uh, all of the media, all the uh, trade outlets, Hollywood Reporter, Variety, Deadline, The Wrap, when they all said. This is going to be a movie deal over 14 movies over seven years. I immediately thought, no, it's going to be those hour long specials that they were doing on Comedy Central. So South Park's coming back in 2022, early 2022. But they're also going to drop over the next two months, two new hour longs, two new specials, two movies, if you will, made for TV films in quotes. The first one's called South Park Post COVID. And it's going to launch exclusively on Paramount Plus, November twenty fifth, uh, which I can and I can only I think you know it's it's since it's, it, with this being a South Park a, a Comedy Central show, it's going to air on Comedy Central soon after that. I just I know I I understand the um, relevancy of wanting to have a uh, a streaming platform air you know the show on there uh, exclusively or whatever, but Disney's doing something with a show called Jesus. I can't find the volume up button. Uh, <laughs> Disney's doing something with a show called uh, the ghost and Molly McGee and, or Molly McGee and the ghost, one of those. Uh, and I watch it. It's a very funny show. Very funny show. Uh, with a lot of uh, brown characters and actors of color, which is great. And it looks, it looks fantastic. Uh, but they are doing, uh, stop guys. I'm getting so many notifications now we're in the middle of this podcast. Um, but what Disney's doing with that is the, when that show premiered, the first five episodes premiered on Disney, Disney channel, I believe, or Disney play Disney channel, Disney channel. Cause they show Disney commercials, uh, which even though I have YouTube TV and I'm recording the show, I watch. I watch him all the way through, baby. Oh no, Andrew Cuomo is back. <laughs> so they air they they so they air like they aired like the first ep- the first five episodes uh, over the course of like five days or two weeks or something like that on Disney Channel, and then almost immediately after that, after the fifth episode aired, those five first five episodes were available on um, Disney Plus, and um, you know, even more recently than that. So that was like three weeks ago. So more recently, recently than that, Amphibia, again, a, ch- a child's cartoon, 
the last season of Amphibia, this third season, uh, that is currently airing right now. And the first batch of episodes that are on Disney Channel that just aired over the court over the past, you know, uh, month or so are going to be available on Disney Plus, I think, this November. Today. Or today. Today's November. Uh, this month. So that's interesting. So that is what, if if I were running a streaming service and I had a linear channel, I would say, let's air this on, you know, it's obviously not everybody has Paramount Plus. Not everybody has HBO Max. Not everybody has Disney Plus. Everybody has Disney Plus. <laughs> Even I had Disney Plus and I dislike Disney. I dislike JPEG. It's different. Uh, <laughs> well, both things can be true. Um, <laughs> but if I... <laughs> it's so, I'm never going to work for Disney. Uh, but if I had, but if I was running a streaming platform and I had a linear channel, my first move would be just like movie theaters. I would say, or uh, just like with uh, what the new streaming rules for movie theaters are going to be. For the first three months, you can only watch South Park uh, post-COVID. Uh, I mean, three months is a little much. But, you know, for the first three months, you know, or first month or whatever, or first couple of weeks, you can only watch South Park post-COVID on Paramount+. Plus. Go get a free trial. Go pay for that one month. Watch the thing. Or wait until December, and then you can watch uh, uh, South Park post-COVID on Comedy Central. I think that's, I think that's a good move. Uh, it'll, drive, it'll drive up subscribers or to both things. To people who want, you know, if, if they want to have cable, then they'll go to YouTube TV and say, all right, this is the, you know, if it's going to be on that, then, or somebody who doesn't have uh, a, a Paramount Plus who refuses to pay for it, and then they go, I'll just wait for it to come onto uh, uh, linear cable, whatever. Anyway, that's neither here nor there, and I know why they don't do it, but whatever. Parker and Stone clarify that the Paramount Plus projects are not feature films, but they are also not the long-form South Park specials released on Comedy Central during the pandemic. I, th- I mean, I, th- I th- you know, specials, I think they're going to be between 30 and 40 minutes. They're not going to be, you know, regular one-off episodes. But I do think they'll focus on, they'll probably have, uh, those guys are uh, ones to want to uh, experiment with delivering different characters. But the <laughs> my work computer started to go to sleep, so I had to wake it up. <laughs> if you were watching the video, you saw me bug out for a hot second. Uh, with Viacom, we realized we can make them long as long as short as we need it, Parker says, of the upcoming projects. And they then went and called them movies. <laughs> they are the ones who said we were giving them 14 movies in seven years. All I can say is for me personally, I'm 52 years old. I've made three movies in my life, so you do the math. Yeah. Anyway, uh, check it out. That's what's going to happen. Then they start talking about Dave Chappelle. And uh, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. You can tell. You know where those guys land. They're libertarians. <laughs> okay. This next one comes from Variety. Comcast hints at holding on to Hulu. Peacock numbers moving in the right direction. So I've got two, if I'm correct, I have two different... Uh, okay, well... The unfortunate thing is that one of the links that I had I added to this uh, did not make it to the transition, but whatever, who cares? So the Peacock signups, I'll get to the Hulu thing in a second, but Peacock signups were not mentioned 
which means that they've, 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 they've either stagnated, they either stalled off, or they uh, there were um, uh, uh, people left. People just stopped subscribing. <laughs> and uh, I've been thinking about this all weekend. <laughs> As if like I busy my mind with that, with this stuff. Uh, but I've been thinking about this periodically. You know, Peacock... If anything, it should have just launched as like an add-on to Hulu. It should have added, launched as an add-on to Amazon Prime. And I know they want the money. I know they want their money. But uh, that's just another thing for people to download. And quite frankly, no one really wants to just... they Peacock, NBC Universal is not you know a household brand name <laughs> to people like Disney is. And that's why Disney Plus exceeded expectations and it worked. Uh, mostly because the app is good. Um, but then also it's Disney. It's a, it's a brand name and, and they're able to back up their name with the stuff that they put out. And then Peacock, just because the stuff on there is good, doesn't mean that people want to download this free app, uh, that has ads, uh, where, where they could just watch what they want on Hulu or on Tubi. Anyway, so Comcast wants... This is written by Cynthia Littleton over at Variety. So Comcast is nowhere near ready to let go of Hulu. The The theory was, the theory when Disney bought 20th Century Fox, uh, the assets of, from Fox, um, which is now Fox Broadcasting, uh, they, they owned the majority of stake of Hulu. So now Disney basically owns Hulu. Uh, because again, Hulu used to be a joint venture between all of the main net, the the broadcast networks and a few other companies. Uh, be, as a way, this, this is like before streaming was huge. As a way for uh, people to watch next day releases for free of their shows. So if you wanted to watch season one of you know if uh, Blackish um, or or Grey's Anatomy, you know you wanted to watch you want to watch episodes the next day on your computer. And that's what you could do. And then eventually companies gave up their shares and it was, uh, you know, more or less owned by Disney now. I think Comcast maybe has like 30, 30%, 33% I'm reading. They have 33%, which is a uh, a good uh, stake to have. Comcast and Disney are scheduled to formally part ways in the Hulu venture in 2024. Comcast is expected to sell its stake of 33% to Disney as early as January of 2024 at a minimum price of $27.5 billion per the terms of the 2019 deal. On Thursday, after Comcast... Uh, God, you know what? I hate receiving text messages from these voter uh, uh, things. I've, I've already voted. My absentee ballot is uh, will be dropped off tomorrow because I could not get into a, a drop-off place. Um, cause they, they, uh, they moved those inside and now you have to wait in line to get in. Um, but, and it just, and it pisses me off to receive these text messages from these people. And it bothers me cause I think, oh, I'm getting the text. Oh, oh, who's this number? Oh, I got a random number texting me. Maybe it's a, 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 a long lost love who wants to reach out and rekindle things. No, it's Sarah with the Georgia Dems. 
text stop to opt out. Like we're gonna friggin' opt out. It's not even gonna work. Still gonna report spam and block. That's why I got an Android baby. So you can do things like that. Let me pop open this uh, Venmo request. <laughs> Just joking. All right. Anyway. On Thursday after Comcast released strong third quarter earnings, executives were pressed for updates on Comcast thinking of Hulu amid speculation that Disney and Comcast would exit the partnership sooner rather than later. I would think there's a huge operating cost to Hulu, especially with uh, getting the broadcast networks to, to stream things and then for Hulu to have originals and then to to pick up shows and acquire and everything. So I would think that it would be in the best interest of Disney for Comcast to stay on, um, but whatever. Comcast Chief Financial Officer Mike Cavanaugh indicated that there was no because as we, I don't know if I, I don't know if I have this story. Uh, I was just taking a pause, but as we get into it, I think I talked about it last week. Uh, ESPN might be spinoff from Disney, and uh, and I and I think that's just costing them so much money to keep that show to keep that show running to keep that network, uh, the streaming network and all that stuff running or streaming and and linear and all that stuff. Anyway, so Comcast chief financial officer, Mike Cavanaugh indicated there was no hurry. He described Hulu as quote, a great business uh, that is active in one of the quote, hottest areas for media subscription streaming. And he says, uh, they're happy to long for the ride. He, they're happy to stay there and, uh, glad they didn't exit when they had a chance to exit. So, Oh, they just want to stay because the value keeps increasing. Yes. It, it, Hulu is a very, is a very lucrative uh, money making. <laughs> I don't know how much money it makes, but I think it, I think Hulu is the is the one you want to, the horse you want to stick with because uh, at some point Netflix is. I mean Netflix is already outpricing it, and uh, that's not even to say that it's putting out you know better quality shows or movies or anything. Uh, however, Hulu comes in with this six dollar ad supported thing and then you can bundle it with Disney Plus and and ESPN and that's only, you know, 13 14 dollars. And you're so that compare that with the price of Netflix and Netflix is uh truly throwing out crap sometimes. You know, shows that you'll never see. And then they're acquiring shows that uh again, you'll never see. I think I'm the only person who uses their list to make an actual list. Some people I know, like or cues or whatever. Uh, some people I know don't don't add things to the Netflix or the Hulu or their Disney Plus watch list or cues or anything. Uh, I'll tell you, every single streaming service I have, those lists are f- you know filled with things I want to uh, watch. And at some point, you know, I I go ah this is too much, and and then I go okay, well I'll delete Secrets of the, of the Marriage because I'm never going to watch that, <laughs> and I'll delete uh, The Undoing because I'm never going to watch that. Both uh, HBO shows, <laughs> for some reason, uh, I'll delete Bridgerton because I'm never going to watch that. And uh, and then, but I'm still using the list anyway. I like to make a list. I'm very organized. This next one comes from the rap. And you, I mean, if you saw the notes for the Constitutionals, if you saw the notes for Newstime, you'd even you'd see I'm very organized. This next one comes from the rap, written by Diane Haithman. Audiences leaned into diverse content, TV content during the pandemic, UCLA report says. This comes courtesy of our friend Darnell Hunt over at the uh, Hollywood Diversity Report. I've talked about this stuff so much. That's why I can say he's my friend. So over the past uh, year, people 
probably out of guilt. <laughs> started watching things that are more diverse. Me, I remember I started this about uh, this this uh, this campaign about two years ago that I I, I only watch things with uh, uh, that has uh, not um, that's diverse. I don't watch. I can't watch anything that does that's not diverse. So that new Edgar Wright movie, anything Edgar Wright from now on, can't watch it because he only gas white people. <laughs> I've never seen a Shailene Woodley movie. And not Shanley Woodley, uh, which is probably her too. I've seen Divergent and Insurgent. Uh, I've seen all the Divergent film franchise. Um, who's that girl? Saoirse Ronan and uh, Tom, uh, uh, not only Hiddleston, but also uh, Holland. However, we have a big problem. The study said, Latino representation in all job categories remained flat from the previous year. This is this is great that each one of these stories comes out and uh, they continuously talk about um, uh, uh, you know different avenues. I think the last one I talked about was about women, the diversity report for women, and women directors, women behind the scenes, and uh, women in front of the camera. And now this one's Latino, whereas before it was just uh, black and white. But now we're getting it all, man. We're getting Asians, Latinos, ladies, the abled and the uh, uh, differently abled. Uh, uh, what else? What else? What else? I feel like I'm forgetting more. But but there's obviously, you know, just different ones. Oh, L- LGBTQ plus. Ugh, I've never said the plus. That's just another. That's just another thing to add on to the end of my breath. See, I'm already getting through LGBTQ. It's too fast. <laughs> you got to slow it down. Latino actors held only 6.3% of broadcast TV roles, 57 in cable and 55 in streaming. Meanwhile, the directors were only responsible for 54 of broadcast TV episodes, 3.5 of cable and 3.0 of streaming. 35%, this is from 2019 to 2020 shows, uh, 35% of broadcast shows 22.9% of cable and 25.7% were made in Los Angeles, where 48.6% of the population is Hispanic or Latino. Hmm. Very interesting that, uh, oh, okay, so now we I, I see a chart this uh, from the uh, UCLA Social Sciences Department, College of Social Sciences, excuse me. This is their words, the white share of the top broadcast scripted roles declined further from 59% in 2018 to 2019 to 56.6% in 2019 uh, to 2020. Hmm. By contrast, black, multiracial, over-representation in broadcast scripted uh, casts increased. Uh, Okay, interesting. So everybody had a little bit of an increase except for Latinx and Asian and Native. Whites had a decrease, but everybody else stagnated, and blacks rose. Hmm. Okay, and here's some other takeaways from the report. The number of acting roles for women in 2019 to 2020 was nearly equal to those of men across all three platform types. Wow, yeah, in the uh, in the upwards of 45 to 46%. That's really good, finally. Trans and binary actors were virtually absent across all platforms. My God. And that's not to say that they didn't exist, that they didn't have those roles. Uh, if you watch, you know, even Pose aired uh, recently, or last year, I think. Uh, I don't know. Uh, 
but if the the percentage doesn't register, it's like not like it's minuscule enough to not not to talk about uh, or to put on a chart. Like if if it's like you know if they if they looked at a hundred or th- uh, there's a lot of TV three hundred shows and uh, in the twenty nineteen to twenty twenty season and uh, only um, you know Pose and uh, what else has oh uh, Big Skies I think. And uh, Supergirl, if like if all those you know, oh well, uh, Shrill had have uh, uh, trans and non-binary actors. That's four out of th- three hundred. That's probably like what point two percent, point zero two percent. I don't know. I'm not good at math. Out of a total twenty nine hundred and thirty two credited actors, thirteen were just native people, including just three native women. Well, Reservation Dogs adds four. <laughs> That's a great show. Check it out on FX. Also on FX on Hulu. People of Color directed 25.8% of broadcast episodes, 27.2% of cable, 21.4% of streaming, which is up from 243 22.9%, and 18.2% respectively. Women directed 306 31.3%, 33.4% of broadcast cable and streaming, which is up from... 29.3, 29.7, and 29.1 the prior season. So we're slowly, slowly, slowly generating numbers. Uh, but we just need to keep pushing it further. And uh, by doing so, I I think it's also important to, and I will and I will hammer this point home to talk about the directors of uh, that you that you like now. The the uh, the 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 director don't say like direct the female directors don't exist. That's like saying those native actors don't exist. When when in fact there were thirteen of them uh, out of the twenty nine hundred, and even if they're not necessarily uh, registering or getting the jobs, they still exist. So I do want to mention a female director that I know. I don't know her personally. <laughs> Uh, she directed the latest episode of the Goldbergs. Her name is Christine Lankin. Lakin, excuse me. So there you go. Just so you, I can't, I can't talk the talk and then not walk the walk, baby. This final one comes from the Hollywood Reporter, written by Pamela McClintock. Global box office. Forecast. A boom was recorded. Forecast for 2021 revenue improves to 21.6 billion, but it's still almost half of 2019. <laughs> but hey, we're doing we're doing pretty well, aren't we, baby? <laughs> Coming out of the pandemic, I think I just I saw a, a figure this morning that said, because you know I read the trades with my coffee. <laughs> I don't. I saw a figure this morning that said. No Time to Die, the latest James Bond film, has raked in $600 billion. Let's go to Box Office Mojo to find out. I know I said I wasn't going to open up web pages as I did the show, but here we are. Hey, I just want to see your face again. Is that what he says in that movie? I just want to see your face again. Uh, that movie. I own that movie. It was on FX, and I just started watching it. 
<laughs> I do that constantly with movies I own. Yeah, No Time to Die is has pulled in six hundred and five million dollars. Uh, that no no doubt if that came out in twenty nineteen or twenty twenty went the way it was uh, we thought it was going to go, it would have pulled in one. I would say at least a billion and a half. For people like me going back to see it twice. That's it. I wouldn't see it more than, more than twice in the theaters. It's no In the Heights. So the box office forecasting from analytics firm Goer Street jumped from $20.2 billion to $21.6 billion. Six billion. That would be 80% ahead of 2020, obviously. 49% behind uh, 2019. And I think, you know, I think it's safe to say that most of that money was earned in the last couple of months. Also, it was really driven by uh, the box office in North America is uh, projected to come in at $4.7 billion compared to $2.2 in 2020, but it's down from the 119 the record was, excuse me, 11.4 in 2019, but the record was 11.8 in 2018. So people were just going, it wasn't that, is that, 2018, is that um, Endgame? That's like, I think like three uh, Disney, uh, excuse me, three Marvel movies came out. And I think 2018, Lion King, Aladdin. Yeah, no wonder. Now, obviously China definitely helped power this, uh, power this thing. The growth, I'm gonna use the, I use their word, was powered by China as other key markets in the region, Japan, South Korea, Australia, saw reduced market share. But China, they were going to movies. They're going to movies like crazy. The battle at Changjin tops the 2021 worldwide box office chart with more than $828 million in ticket sales to date. And other Chinese movies that I don't know. Universal claims number three, spot number three with F9, The Fast Saga. A movie which people did not like. And I really, uh, I liked it. I mean, what do you expect? <laughs> they want the space. That's so stupid. You're about, you're about to go see a movie uh, where these uh, celestials or aliens uh, uh, are on Earth. And Angelina Jolie's in it. <laughs> I don't know the Eternals. I've never, I never read that comic, and I have no interest in that. But they went to space with cause. The box office is growing, and I'm glad to see it uh, moving and everything. Uh, and it's it's good. People are still going to movies. They need to they need to be more releases. And uh, you know, I tried to go see Dune. My local AMC has uh, that Dolby Theater experience, and that's where I saw uh, No Time to Die and F Nine. But and I enjoyed my time. Even I, I sat up front. I have no I have no plans on ever sitting near people again. <laughs> I want to go during the day and not sit near people. <laughs> and uh, and I sat up front in the third row on the aisle seat because uh, uh, it's. Uh, uh, that's the best and safest place for me to sit and not to hear people talk or chew or eat or laugh or whatever. I want to go to the movie theater. I want to experience a movie with the crowd, but also be by myself. <laughs> um, but I tried to go see Dune in theaters and 
it was uh though i had a i had a day off from work on friday and i said i'm gonna go see dune uh and they took the movie out of the dolby the dolby cinema atmos room and they now just have it in regular theater and i was like well if i'm gonna watch a regular theater i'm just gonna watch it at home no point i was gonna i was i was willing to pay the 20 some odd dollars I will waste money <laughs> to see this movie when I could pay half that at home. And also, I don't like watching the movies at home. I just don't. I really don't. If No Time to Die came out in, uh, at home, I would have been pissed. I'm like, no way. I want to see Daniel Craig earn that money. <laughs> Speaking of earning money, head to uh, cpluscomedy.com. If you like what you heard here, I'm going to say that. Because I'm contractually obligated <laughs> to, say, to say the same thing every single week. cpluscomedy.com. <laughs> Nobody's paying me to say anything. We are. I talked to your, fa- your favorite comedians. Most recently, talked to uh, Christian Finnegan. Uh, great guy. Very funny. Nice long chat. It's on this podcast feed if you're listening to this episode. Uh, or you can go watch it on YouTube.com slash C plus comedy. Uh, as well as a video version of this show plus our premium <laughs> premiere is what I'm going to say. Our premiere news show, News Time, where I, I take one topic and I dive deep into it. It's like the daily show except way less funny. So you have to say the same thing every week. I have to say the same thing every week or I die. <laughs> That's how OCD works, right? <laughs> Instagram, Twitter, at C plus comedy. I haven't done this week's episode of News Time yet, so I will do it and you'll know what it is. C plus comedy, Instagram, Twitter, basically anywhere there's a social media platform except for TikTok and Snapchat. So basically only Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook <laughs> and YouTube. Seamless Comedy, me on Twitter and Instagram, uh, at Chad Black White. Like us on Facebook. Listen, rate, review, subscribe to this show. Tell your friends, please. And I'll love you forever. All right, here we go. We're going to say goodbye. Goodbye.